me today, please. Say trapped by fear. Say it again. Come on, say trapped by fear. We are taught as believers not to ever, ever admit we're scared. God has not given us a spirit of fear, so we like to say we are bold, confident, and courageous. And sometimes that's true. And sometimes in life, you need to declare boldly, I will not allow fear to dominate my life. Because it can have a negative effect. But I think there's a balance. There are some things that are not designed for you. And to bring them into your life can be damaging to you. There are some battles you shouldn't fight. As a matter of fact, later on in the year, I'm going to do a sermon on this whole issue of how you fight the wrong things and end up creating for yourself pressures you don't have to have. But that's another sermon. But today, we're going to take a journey to Numbers chapter 13, verse 17. And there is an incredible moment in Israel's history where they get lost. In this series, I'm traveling down the road with Israel, the nation, and I'm looking at four specific facts about their journey. Number one, last week we talked about the fact that they were trapped in the wrong place. They were in a place called Egypt and they weren't supposed to be there, but maybe five years or so. When Jacob, when Joseph rather, brought them over from Egypt, he told them, basically, leave here. Don't stay. But they got, got comfortable, good jobs, good benefits, 401k, stock options, decided to stay. 430 years. 430 years. Somebody said, did they have stock back then? You follow what I'm trying to say. Exaggerating a little bit, but you get the point that they stayed too long. And sometimes you can stay too long. You can stay in a career too long, in a community too long. You can stay in friendships too long. You're no longer at that level of relationship where you need to be talking about those things. And if you stay in that environment, you'll find yourself frustrated. So there comes a moment in your life when you have to say to yourself, I can't do this. I can't, I can't stay in this career. I need to change jobs. But they didn't. And so the layoffs came. Problems came. Eventually they were enslaved. And I talked about how you can be trapped in the wrong place. Secondly, this week we talk about being trapped in fear. And what was really tragic is this was the opportunity. You know, sometimes in life you get the chance. Everybody know about the chance, right? And it's, a, it's an opportunity for you. But if you're not careful, you'll miss it. So listen to this dialogue. It's in chapter, Numbers chapter 13, verse 17. Moses sent, Moses, when Moses sent, from, sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up through the south and on into the hill country. See what the land is like. Now, I want you to notice this. See what the land is like. That was the assignment. Whether the people live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do you do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land? It was the season for the first ripe grapes. So they went up and explored the land uh, from the desert of Zin as far as Rehob uh, toward Libo, which you don't care about all that. Hum off. So they, this is the specific place an assignment that God gave to their people. Go and check it out. There were seven things you were to notice. The land, 
repeat this with me, please. Say, check the land. Check out the people. Check out their strength. Check out their living conditions. Check out the soil. Check out the trees. And check out the fruit. That's it. That's your job description. Check these things out. Now, problem is, sometimes you get out of your job description. Do you know anybody ever did that? You ever seen somebody in your department that don't even work for you? You're trying to figure out why you're in, why you in this area. You're supposed to be over there. You're over here telling us what to do, and you don't even work in this department. You're in maintenance, and you're over here in the medical area. You need to go back over there. See, so there's this moment in life where you realize sometimes you go beyond your job description. So what's interesting is they were never sent to determine if they could defeat these folks. They were not sent over there as, as, as um, military strategists. They were sent simply to check out the land, check out the people, check out the strength, check out the living conditions, check out the soil, check out the trees, and check out the fruit. And bring back some fruit, by, by the way. That's it. Well, the problem is they went beyond that. Look at verse 26. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. They reported to them and to the whole assembly who showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. Here's what they said. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit, but the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified, okay, so far, very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there, real big guys. The Amalekites live in, this, in, in, this, in the Negev or the south. The, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. Now, I want you to put this in context. It would be like saying, I went there and I saw some big old dudes. I saw some crips, bloods, gangbangers. That's, that, that's, what, that's what they're saying. Now, you wouldn't pick up on that, but when you said Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites, them some bad people, and they don't like us. So all our enemies are there. Kung Fu people, wrestlers, sumo people. That's what they're saying. I want to paint a picture for you. I want you to understand. So the land does have milk and honey. That was good, right? The people are powerful. Okay, that's just true. That's not bad. The cities are fortified, very large. That's true. We told you to check that out. The descendants of Anak are there. Okay, that's true. The main enemies of Israel were there, right? Okay, we told you the Amorites, the Hittites. Okay, that's true. Watch this now. But the people are strong. But the men who have gone up with him said, we can't attack these people, verse 31, for they are stronger than we are. And that's when they went across the line. They were fearful. Now, what they've done is they've, they've made a strategic decision based on their own experience. They were not soldiers. They were not strategists. They got out of their boundary lines. And so interesting to me when I read this that I, I look back at my life and I can say I became fearful of things that I didn't understand and I had no reason to be fearful. God had it all worked out. Can I get an amen, somebody? I've been afraid of stuff. 
because I couldn't strategically figure out how I was going to pay for this or do that. Case in point, this building. Case in point, this land that we own. Television equipment. The, I, I, I didn't know how I was going to do all this. And I can, I, can, I can prove it to you. When we first got on television, I've said this before, I felt led to get on television. I felt like I wanted to reach out, you know, do television. So you know what I did? I got the yellow pages out. Anybody remember those? Google on paper for the kids. And they used to, you get one, a big one, every, every year. And so I, would, I opened the yellow pages, and guess what I looked under? Television. Okay, that's how you get on TV? That's a bad strategy, but it's where I started. See, God knew this poet's soul don't know what he's doing. And then I decided to look under camera because I was going to get on television, so I needed what? Camera. Oh, boy, this is really bad. You can see the angels in heaven say, is he going to make it? He's slow, he's slow, he's slow. And then what I started doing was calling all the people who sold cameras. This is bad. What are you going to say to them? Hi there, my name is Ricky Temple. I want to know, do you have any TV cameras? And so the people were confused. They said, what are you going to do with this? I'm going to get on TV. Come on, let it out. It's all good. You can say, everybody say, slow, slow, he's slow. You know, I mean, you got to start somewhere. So that's what I did. And you know what's interesting? I called around and called around and called around. And finally, one guy said, what are you trying to do? He, just got, he said, what are you trying to do? And he said, I said, well, I'm trying to, I want to get on television. I want to do this. And he said, he said, well, you, you want, you're trying to tape a show? Yes, I'm trying. See, he, he got me there. You're trying to tape a television show? Yes, I am. He said, well, call cable. And I called cable. And it was back in the days off of off Abercorn. And I said, uh, hi there. You know, you're talking to your professional voice. Hi, I'm Ricky Temple. And I want to uh, talk to you about uh, taping for a television program for me. And so they said, well, hold the line. And so I held on. And a guy named Wayne Nix, who worked at cable, answered the phone. I saw Wayne about two months ago. And Wayne said, can I help you? I said, my name is Ricky Temple, and I want to talk to you about a television program and, and taping one for me. I think I want to be on television. He said, really? He said, what's the name of your program going to be? And how long would it be? When you don't know, you just fake it. Step to the side. I made it up on the spot right there. I said, it's going to be called the Word Alive broadcast. How long will it be? Step aside again. 30 minutes. I just made it up as I went. He said, well, we can do that for you. I said, what did you say? <laughs> he said, we can do that for you. I said, you can do that for me. And, you know, you step aside. Then you know. Now, what's the next question I'm going to ask? How much? You know, you've been there. How much? How much? So I could go back on Um, How much will that be? Wayne said, nothing. Hallelujah, that's the best price in town. Zero. He said, would you come down? And I came down and put on my suit and my tie. You know what I mean? Go down there and look professional. And I said, this is how Mr. Wayne Nixon. We talked. And he says, well, I'll make you a little set, a little ugly screen. He made a little screen. For me. It, it, it worked. And then I, I had to pull the pieces together. And then I went down to, I said, well, okay. He said, you need an opening and a closing. I said, an opening and a closing. What does that mean? What does that mean? And he told me, and I said, he said, I said well, um, do you have any idea where I could find possibly get an opening and a closing? You know, so he said, well, go down there uh, to uh, Wayne, to, to Doug Weather. No, and he said, go, go over to Calvary Baptist Church. 
but they were the ones that had the, 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 the free time. They managed the free cable time because they had free cable time they had to give to the community. I'm going on and on, but hang with me. That to, get, to help people that were in the community get on television. It was free, free time. And so, but Calvary managed it. So I went over and I spoke to the uh, pastor, uh, assistant pastor of Calvary at the time, and he leaned back. He said, so you want to get on TV? I said, yes, sir. I said, I do. And he said, well, I tell you what, you're going to need a, you need an opening and closing, right? I said, yeah. He said, well, go call Doug Weathers. Now, you know who Doug Weathers was. Doug Weathers was the, the lead WTOC anchor, biggest anchor in town. So I thought, put on my other suit, but nice attire. <laughs> <laughs> And I went over to TOC and I rang the bell. I said, hi there, I'm Ricky Temple. And I'd like to talk to Mr. Doug Weathers, please. And Doug Weathers saw me. And he looked at me. He said, so you're trying to get on TV? I said, yes, sir, I'm trying to get on television. But I need an opening and a closing. So he said, you know what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to help you. I'm going to call Bob Duncan. So he went next door to the man who does the production over there at WTOC and said, I want you to put this guy an opening and closing together. And they did it. They put this thing together. The word of, welcome to the Word of Live broadcast. And they had me flying in boxes. You couldn't tell me I wasn't a star. You couldn't have told me I wasn't a celebrity. So I took my, I took my, my tape back over there. It cost $35 to $50 for one tape. You know, that was truly God helping me then. I went and took that tape. They put it together for me. Wayne edited it together, and there I was. And the first time I was on, Diane was sitting on my left, and she said, what you going to do? I said, I'm going to fake it till I make it. <laughs> I said, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know. And I said, what you going to preach on? I said, the book of James chapter 1, how to deal with difficult times. And I just started talking. Hi, my name is Ricky Temple. Welcome to the Word of Life broadcast. Today we're going to talk about how to deal with difficult times. Turn to James chapter 1. And I started my journey. Let me tell you something. I didn't have the strategy, but God had the strategy. I didn't have the plan, but God had the plan. And it all started with the yellow pages. I looked like a fool calling them people asking about TV and getting on TV. I didn't know what I was doing. I've never been on television. You know, the only time I've been on television is when the cameras come to the schools and you always you the kid trying to get in. <laughs> and then one time I went to, <laughs> the next time I was close to being on TV, I came in town. I ain't going to say no names, but I came in town and they had one of them, uh, what they, when the preachers all get together, I had just come into Savannah and they had one of those uh, news, news, what is it? You know, when they call the news people and ask them to come in and uh, news conference, press conference, press conference. And so I, I went in, and I was standing by the pastors, and I was new in town, just started, young in my 20s. And so I was standing there, and I was standing right on the front row, right on the front. I said, oh, boy, I'm going to be on TV. Press conference, see the cameras. And then another pastor, <laughs> he came to excuse me, young man, and stepped in front of me. I love him. He did, he did, and he stepped in front of me. But don't worry, in the end, he looked at me more than I looked at him. Come on, say amen. In the end, see, in the end, in the end, God had a strategy and a plan. See, they went to the promised land and forgot that you may not have the plan, but you've got God on your side. You may not know how you're going to get this to work, but come on, God has a plan for you. And so here they are, all, all going, going all off the, off the cliff, and, and so we can't attack these people, verse 31. They are stronger than we are. Telling all, you already know what you don't have. Don't dwell on that. 
And then the Bible said, verse 32, they did something dangerous. In verse 32, they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said the land we explored it devours those living in it. All the people we saw of great size. Now, what gets you in trouble is listening to everybody. Now, you know, if you had known me then and, and you were talking to me, what would you have told me? What you doing? Don't call these people and ask them about no camera. camera. What are you doing? You know, you ain't ever been on television. You're not going to be on. You know how much it costs? You can't afford it. And you would have been right. But God had a plan for me. And in verse 30, Caleb didn't know how, but he knew what? Sometimes you don't know how, you just know what? I, I don't know how. I, look, I was raised in, a, in an environment, and I lived in apartments all my life. We never owned property. I never, I never lived in a house that I owned until I got married and grown. Never. I didn't know what a closing was. When we first bought the first building on East Broad Street, I'll tell you the story. The lawyer said to me, we're going to have a closing. He named the date, and I hung up the phone. I didn't know what that man meant. So I called him back, got back in my deep voice. You know, you don't you know, you're just talking that deep voice. Uh, what do you mean when you say closing, when you say closing? <laughs> Come on, fake it till you make it, man. I didn't know. I said, he laughed and told me. I, I didn't know what it was. I never had one. Caleb didn't know what. But he knew who. He didn't know how, but he knew God spoke it. Sometimes that's all you have. Watch verse 30, 32, 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take. That's the key word. Say take. Come on, say it again. Say, and do what? One more time. Say that word again. Take. It's not going to change until you take possession. Your life will never get better until you do what? Take possession. Your health is not going to get better until you do what? Take possession. Until you take possession. Take possession of your finances. Take possession of your life. He understood. Caleb said, yeah, it's big. There they big. But I believe we can take them. We're going to take possession. Take possession of the land. For we can certainly do it. We can do this. We can do this. But the men had gone up with him, said, we can't attack these people. They're stronger than we are. And then he goes on, and then they spread among the Israelites a bad report among the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it, and all the people we saw there are of great size. Notice, it's all, you spend all your time talking about what somebody else has. We're like grasshoppers in the eyes of these folks, they said. Who asked you? Who asked you? Who asked you what we can't do? We already know what we can't do. If you're broke, do you know it? <laughs> if you're broke, you know you're broke. Well, you don't have to tell me that. I got that. I knew I didn't have a camera. I knew I didn't have any television experience. I knew. I knew I was a rookie. But I believe that God said I can. And I believe if he says I can, I can. Come on, say amen, church, if you're hearing me. I can. And, and I'm telling you, that's, that's, that's not hype talk. That's what, he, that's what happened. So now I want to give you four, three things that they did that I think will help you. Three things that they did that were life-changing because they were trapped now in fear. Two guys tried to help them. 
Joshua and Caleb. Have you ever been the only one? Have you ever been the only believer? Have you ever seen people making a bad decision and you know it's going to lead to bad options? That's what's about to happen. Bad decisions. Say that with me, please. Come on. Bad decisions lead to. Come on. Say lead to bad options. Let's try it again. Say bad decisions lead to bad options. Some of you right now, you're an option problem. You know what I'm talking about. You made some bad decisions. Make new decisions. And I want to show you three things that I think stand out to me that would help you deal with those fears when they come upon you like this. When you're tempted to, to not believe and not try, three things. Give a name to your fear. Say it. I'm afraid of being alone. I'm afraid of not ever having an opportunity again. I'm afraid. Say it. There's something about saying what intimidates you. It helps you deal with it. If you are not careful, you'll be so dominated. It's okay that they said what they feared. The problem was they concluded they could never get over it. They were right. They were bigger, stronger, all that's true. You're right. I didn't have the money, the means of the time. When we bought this property, I didn't have the money, the means of the time. This property was $33,000 an acre. I didn't have $33,000 at that time. And it was amazing how in the middle of that season, the issue was that I knew what I didn't have, but I didn't allow my fears to stop me from getting what I could have. And so what I did was I worked on getting four acres, then five acres, and I worked on making sure that I saved some money, and I began to work my, what I call work the pieces. But I have to name what's intimidating me, and it was intimidating. And there's a lot of things that I've done in my life that are intimidating. And some of you right now, I don't know where you are, I don't know who you are, but you're intimidated by something. Something has got you cornered emotionally, and you're trapped in fear. And you're paralyzed. Name it. I'm afraid of failing. Name it. I'm afraid of being embarrassed. Name it. One of the major reasons why people don't like getting in front of people speaking is because they're afraid they're going to be embarrassed. You know what I say? Hey, if I didn't do a good job, I'll try next time. And I, I, I speak to myself, Temple, do not allow yourself. Right now you're intimidated. Stop it. I, the, some of you never admitted what it is that keeps you cornered where you are. Say it. I, I have no problem with that. These folks said they're giants, they're stronger. They're, all that's true. Now what's God going to do? That's the question. Second thing I want you to do is give power to your faith. Caleb and Joshua tried to give power to their faith. They tried to step up and say, no, don't, don't give in to this fight here. But they, they didn't. Listen to them. Who have, you who have you shouted down in your life? Who's tried to lift you up, but you keep pushing them down? They ignored Joshua and Caleb. They totally ignored them. Ten guys said no. Two guys said yes. The majority is not always right. 
And if you listen to the majority all the time, you will never accomplish a lot of things in your life. I have no business being here. I was raised by a single parent who never made a lot of money. There's no way I should have finished college. There's no way, no way at all. I never thought, I never thought much about it. I lived down the street from United, USC, University of Southern California. I used to drive my bike through there. But I never knew one college student. I never dreamed of coming to this university. I never dreamed of any kind of degrees. I didn't. My mother talked about going to college, but I didn't have an understanding of what that even really meant because I didn't know any college students. I didn't know any college professors. I grew up around the Crips and the Bloods and the Hoover Groovers and the Gangbangers. That's where I could have been. I grew up surrounded by all kinds of negative influences. That's what I could have been. I had friends who used to steal cars. I, used to, I, had people, I had people I knew who did things that were bad. They're in prison. Some of them died selling drugs. That could have been me. That could have been me. One more time, that could have been me. How in the world did I get here? How do you get here? See, I want you to understand, there, there are moments you look at your life and you don't see the potential. But God sees it. God sees what you can become. But if you get trapped by fear and you allow it to lie to you and you allow yourself to be controlled by it, you'll never, ever get free. Here's the last thing. Number one, give a name to it. Say what it is that you're intimidated by. Number two, don't give power. Give power to your faith, not to that fear. Then here's the last thing. This is the most important, one of the most important things. Spend time with people who believe in your promised land. You got to get with people. Come on, say amen. Come on. You got to get with people. That's one of the reasons why you should come to church. That's one reason why you should be here online with us today. You're around people who believe in the promised land. Does anybody believe in the promised land here? Come on, do you believe in it? If you do, I want you to stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. If you're one of those people that believe in the promised land. God brought them to the border. But when they got there, they got trapped by fear. They allowed somebody to put something in their minds that, that stopped them in their tracks. You let somebody tell you you're not beautiful? Who is that person? Who, what gives them the right to tell you about yourself? I need you body inspectors and all you people, be, leave people alone. Leave people alone. People with dreams and ambitions, passions. There's something I never dreamed. I, 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 I was never around anybody married long. My mother never married anybody. She raised me as a single parent. I never was around anybody who was married long. I didn't know anybody that had a happy marriage. How did I get to be married 42 years? How, how, how? I didn't know a man. I, I, I'm, well, no, I'll, be, I'll tell the truth. Tell the truth, Ricky Tip. Tell the truth. I didn't know a brother that could control himself sexually. All the brothers I was around was out of control. I didn't know any sisters either, by the way. Some of y'all say, that's right. That's a sad thing. He's, he didn't know a man, not one. Who you think they were with? Women. You know, y'all can show hide it real good. You know, you can just hide your lust so good. You just look like, hey. 
I've been here too long. I know the stories. I know the truth. And I'm not throwing off on you. I'm making a point. He's able. If I can just give him a chance. Get the yellow pages out. Turn the page. Make the call by faith. I don't know how I'm going to get there, God. One million, two million, three million. I don't know what, what million, million, what, what, what do I know about a million? What do I know about a million dollars? What, I ain't never, I never knew anybody. I never knew anybody. But if you allow people to talk to you and drown out your faith, you'll never get to where you're going to be. But I'm going to tell you something about Joshua and Caleb. They weren't just talking right. If you follow their lives, they live right. They were fully committed to God. Are you? Are you totally committed? You can give good advice, but are you living right? These are guys that believe the word. These are guys who live. And I'm going to close this out with prayer today. Because sometimes you're fearful because you should be because you're not walking with him. You should be afraid to walk outside of his will. You should be afraid to stay out, stay, stay, stay where you are. You should be, I need to move. I need to get in alignment with the word. Some of you have good advice, but you're not really yielded. Let's pray. Every head, body, every eye closed. Father, I pray for us today as we leave. This hour and 15 minutes has been a good time. I pray we think through, pray through, Open our hearts to your message. God, fear has robbed some people of a lot of things. May this be the moment they get free. Fear has robbed them of victory and peace. May this be the moment they get healed from that. And I pray as we leave today that the word of God would live in their hearts and they would open their minds and hearts to a transforming word. And also pray, God, for those who don't know you, Savior, that this will be the moment they say, Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Come into my heart and transform my life from this moment forward. If you are a person and you say, Pastor Rick, I want you to pray for me because I know I need to have change in my life direction. I want you right now, just raise your hand and say, yeah, pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me. I see a hand. I see another one. I see another one. Another one. Another one. I see one, another one. I see more. God bless you all. Thank you. If you're watching online, same thing for you. There's right there on your screen, it says, I raised my hand. I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm, I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. I realize that I need God in my life. I want to pray this prayer. Lord, let this be that moment where their lives come to you without fear, where they're not going to allow themselves to be trapped in any fear. They can trust you. They can serve you. They can take possession of the land that you promised them. Their lives can be better by surrendering to you. You died on the cross to free them. May this be that moment. And we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen.